When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. More vibrant live today with Orange Theory Fitness. To find out more, go to OrangeTheoryFitness.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Busy Monday. Appreciate you being with us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew watching from afar, making sure that things go according to plan. A busy weekend and a good one. Uh, I started the show with noting Florida State's victory on the road at Pitt. Playing pretty good basketball lately. We'll see if that carries over. They look like there's a lot more synergy and uh, understanding of how to play with the mix of players that they've got back and more consistently on the court. Obviously, the NFL playoffs. Florida State takes on Miami tomorrow in basketball with an opportunity at the Platinum Bohica. And, of course, over the weekend, plenty of recruiting, as uh, our own Michael Langston has had a lot to say about that. Hopefully, you're a member of Warchant.com. If not, get signed up now. You're going to want to continue to follow Florida State in the offseason, as we call it, because things are picking up on a daily basis. Pretty funny. A little side note here to that end. I always try to gauge, you know, we can we can see the the metrics on our website, what stories do well, what's moving the needle, what isn't, all those kinds of things are ways in which websites like ours uh, monitor um, what it is you guys are consuming. Uh, and, and that's in a good way. Like, we want to give you more of what you're excited about. But at the same time, I do that in the community. I know you do, too. When we go out and meet people or see people grocery shopping at a restaurant, whatever it might be, the kinds of questions you're being asked usually kind of reveal to you exactly where Florida State fans' heads are at. Emails, conversations, when we were in Orlando doing the show, lots of conversations before the bowl game with guys that live in Tampa or Miami or Orlando or Jacksonville, whatever it might be. And um, I've seen a real uptick in the number of questions about the caliber of recruit that would be here on junior day 
the caliber of player that is now interested in Florida State. Uh, Kylan Fox, for example, the tight end. You could go through and look at all of Mike's stories. Uh, you can go on the message boards there if you're a member and, and kind of follow uh, the Junior Day Insider Reports and all those things that he does on the website. Um, and, you know, it was a very successful weekend yet again, and there are a lot of really good players. And just I'm going to give you the big picture here and not get into details in the weeds with specific players necessarily. But whether it's a top tight end or a top corner or a running back or whatever it might be, you're seeing far more in the way of the well-thought-of, already-evaluated, projected four- and five-star kid attending these things and wanting to know more about Florida State. And, you know, that just goes hand-in-hand with winning football games. That's how this whole thing works, man. At the end of the day, we can have as many conversations as we want to have about how well you recruit the state And I have talked a lot about this aspect of the coaching staff that I wanted to change in the secondary. We got that change. Patrick Sertan is a guy that I think will attract a lot of interest from kids, juniors, and the like that are in the secondary, that play uh, at corner and safety. I mean, how could you not notice that Florida State just hired um, an all-time really, really good player at the position itself and one who did it both as a player but then raised a son to do it at Alabama, now elite in the NFL, but he himself coached high school, coached college, coached, well, he's coaching college now, coached in the NFL. So I think you're going to see an uptick there, and it's going to really benefit Florida State. But just in general, the way you get better at high school recruiting is to have a product that high school kids care about. If you don't naturally have relationships with the coaches in this state because you're not from this region, and much of the staff does not, and we know that. We knew that they would be coming here with a little bit of uh, work to do in forging those relationships. It's easier to do when you have a product that sells because it's winning and kids are noticing. Now he has that opportunity. This is what that season was, 10-3. and They're making the right hires. Patrick Sertan, we'll see if anything else happens down the line. But I think Florida State will continue to attract really high-caliber players in the state. Elsewhere, too, but in the state, because I've concentrated a lot – on trying to make sure we get back to not allowing kids who are five-star kids to leave this state. Clemson came in here and took them for years because we were down and Florida was down and Miami's been down for hell 25 years. So Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, you name it, rolling on in here and taking kids. That's got to stop. I don't care about Florida and Miami. I care a lot about Florida State. Let's see if we can do our part now that there's a legitimate product. Yeah, it's the ultimate what have you done for me lately business is recruiting. Because, you know, for you and for me, prestige and Florida State go hand in hand. Sure. Like, of course, Florida State is one of the best brands in the history of college football. Modern college football, certainly. And I say that even with a lost decade and whatever the hell this period we're coming out of is going to be called down the line. Like for more of my adult life, I've got some choices, but I'm not gonna venture them on the air. For more of my adult life than not, we actually haven't been good at football, and yet I still, as an alum and somebody who grew up in the '90s as a child watching this team, think of Florida State with the utmost level of respect, prestige, all that stuff. But that's the thing: when these kids that are being recruited right now were in first and second grade, that was 29 straight for this program. First and second grade. Yeah. So that's how fickle this thing is with recruits and having to reinforce the notion 
that I can win, I can better myself at an institution. You got to do it real recently because they're not old. Jameis won the national title when these kids were like seven, six or seven years old. Yeah. That hurts as we get older. That hurts us a little bit more, but that's just the truth of it. And so you're only coming out of the doldrums and starting to regain the prestige. And it's not just about the wins. It's how you arrive at the wins. This is a fun offense that produces for everybody across the board. That's what last year taught us is that this could be a multiple offense. The year prior it was, boy, blood from a stone. They could run the football, not much else. But when the whole world knew that they needed to run to win, they were able to run a, a fair amount. And now it's this multifaceted offense. Hopefully the defense comes along with it this next year and takes that jump so that more position groups are more naturally attracted to come here to Florida State. Yeah, well, you look at a kid that's a Georgia commit like Landon Thomas, okay, who was at once a Florida State commit, switched over to, to Georgia, and I get it. If you're a tight end, and at the time that he was committed to Florida State, you know, you hadn't had any proof yet. Georgia, steady winning national championships these days. You could see why a kid would flip. But how cool is it that he came back here? How cool is it that he came back and talked about why he came back and also how much he loves the coaching staff? Why he knows Florida State is still unrelenting in their efforts to get him to change his mind. Uh, in fact, his quote, pull it up here, was, what Coach Norvell has done to improve this team, and I think they're going to do even more next year, goes on to say, uh, basically... He went on, I'm just paraphrasing some of the stuff he said here. It was good coming back, being around Coach Thomas, Coach Norvell, uh, the family environment. Uh, again, very cool. The coaching staff laid back, very cool. He notices the wins over Florida, Miami, LSU, Oklahoma. Of course, all of that is tied together. But there's another guy talking about Norvell, talking about the staff and the vibe that he gets every time he visits. And he's not the only one. Now, I get it that when kids are in town to visit a coaching staff and they're going to be here for a junior day or whatever it might be, and the media gets them walking through the gates or coming out, you know, they're not going to sit there and dog a place. They're not going to, you know, most of the time. If you're a decent kid, you're just not going to do that. But you also don't have to go overboard and specifically praise the way that they do the vibe that they feel and get from this coaching staff time and time again. And that's what you get from all of these kids. It's huge. Well, and very simply, you don't have to show up. Nobody's forcing you to come to Tallahassee to take interest in this program. You have to find a way beyond them maybe making a stop on a road trip where they're hitting yeah. five universities with their high school coach and 10 other teammates. You have to find a reason for them to get in the car, get on a plane, and come visit. And we're finding more and more of those. I want to be the next Jordan Travis. I want to be the next Trey Benson. I, you know, that's the conversation that we're going to hear over the next year. This offense does what it's supposed to do, what we think it's going to do this season. Whether they make the playoff or not, you have now fortified yourself as an offensive factory. And that's what you want to do because kids are out for, how am I going to be suited best? Sure. And that's fair. Marry it with the NIL progress, and you have a renewed interest from a lot of kids. Not just him, but a lot of the kids. In fact, more quotes from that, uh, from Thomas, that I love. And, and again, you can see why kids would like a head coach like this and why kids would like a staff like this. He says, I've always had love for FSU. They were always on the back of my mind. I don't know when I'll be back for another visit, but I will be back. They have shown they still care about me and they want me. I'm a priority. The way they get the tight ends, the ball in space, also vertically, not just the short passing game. doesn't matter 
according to Coach Norvell, this is how cool this that he, he brought this up. Thomas said, he said it doesn't matter if I come here or decide to still go to Georgia. He's going to support me no matter what. Well, now, okay. Maybe it has something to do with that uh, it's never over until you transfer yeah. kind of thing now. <laughs> it's never really over. I think that's the right thing to say. I think it's the right thing to maybe even do because oh, yes. you're right. It's never over. You're right. It's never over. Uh, all I really care about is does it feel genuine when he says it? Does that seem real to you? It does him. He brought it up, and he's not the first. So the connection we're talking about on the regular matters, and that happens a lot when these kids come to visit, if you're wondering why there's real momentum. That's also something that I find interesting just in terms of messaging to a high school player versus a recruit, uh, sorry, an active transfer candidate. And that question has been asked of a lot of FSU newcomers, and they've got more of them tomorrow that'll be meeting, I think, at yeah. the 11 a.m. hour mm -hmm. over there at the stadium. But it's, you know, how different was this process versus your high school recruiting process? For a lot of kids, the answer is nobody offered me in high, out of high school, so this is very different. And then there are still others that were well thought of in their first uh, recruitment, and then here they are the second time. It gets down to business. There's no doubt it gets down to business for a transfer target versus a high school recruit. But I would love to hear what Coach Norvell's thoughts are on how he messages to a 16 and 17-year-old as they're developing in high school versus how he talks to a 21 and 22-year-old. It can't be the same message. I know coaches love to say that you know we're the same way no matter what, but they want to hear different things coming out of high school than they do coming out of the transfer portal. And now you're talking to a completely different class of high school kid that is going to be recognized by every major recruiting outlet across the country, not somebody that you think is a developmental prospect that could turn into a good player for you. So it just that's got to be really tough to juggle how exactly you communicate to each class of player. Oh, I think the difference is the points of emphasis. So I don't think you change your overriding philosophy. I mean, your philosophy is your philosophy, and you are guided by it. You believe in it, and you stick to it. But your points of emphasis within it can change if you're talking to a 17-year-old or a 21-year-old. And, you know, with a 21-year-old, you have, as you noted, a very different conversation. How does that fit within your overriding philosophy? Well, you would pick those things that matter more to the 21-year-old than the 17-year-old and reversed for the 17-year-old. So... To me, you're still emphasizing your culture, aspects of your culture, just different components. And I think that's where you, because you, you don't want to get yourself in trouble changing messages, you know, of philosophy. You, you can't do that. Like the way you go about your business and the way you operate, create an environment is the same no matter what. What players value within that environment may be very different based on what year they are in school and, and what they're looking to get out of their football experience. Yeah, I'm not. you're correct. I'm not talking about changing your philosoph their philosophical outlook on what it is to be yeah, a Yeah, I just think it's points of emphasis, though. The hard part, because we, we talk about this a lot, too. The hard part is, in fact, there was a, a video on the channel from a segment that we did last week where you're talking about what it takes to be a healthy NIL organization. You can't have somebody go rogue and overspend and reset the market for the you rest can. of everybody in the collective. Correct. You can't do that. Correct. But then also, when it comes to messaging with kids, I get it. The philosophy has to stay, has to stay the same. But when you're recruiting this class of a high school player, they're going to have more guaranteed money when they get on campus. That's just a fact. So yeah. how do you navigate that? Because then there's conversations that have to happen 
after signing day for this upcoming class with the current roster? Is it going to be as crazy as Miami's conversation about what they're paying kids straight out of high school? No, but that's that's a tough thing to kind of set the tone for. You almost have to set the tone for it now before it happens. Until rules are put into place unilaterally in which all schools have to abide by the same, whether that's a budget or whatever it might be, you're right. This becomes a real dance, and it's difficult because I think collectives are still learning how to deal with high school kids as well. You don't want to be the clown show. That's Florida trying to sign a kid with a rogue booster away from the collective offering $13 million or $9 million. And you don't want to be Ruiz, uh, who's taking pictures with kids before they ever play it down and looks like an idiot on Twitter. You don't want to do any of that stuff. Uh, that, th- that's easily mocked and understandably. Uh, you want to be buttoned up and professional and treat these kids with respect. And you can't just be about a check. So you have to offer up a lot of things. And you have to convey that message to them without making certain promises because they haven't committed yet. You just have to show what's possible. And I think it's key to be able to show what's possible. Uh, That has been an area in which Florida State has put their best foot forward, or this collective, the Battle's End, has put their best foot forward because they've now shown you uh, that they will rise to the occasion and step up and prioritize. And it starts a little bit this year, that process of navigating the locker room for Florida State. I can't imagine that Hakeem Williams came here for free. Well, that's correct. we know he didn't. That's correct. Yeah. But how do you juxtapose that with if he has, by the end of the season, 22 catches for 250 yards, and then we've got somebody like Kentron, you know, who has 40 catches and doubles the production. Well, this was, this was the argument that I had, or the discussion we had, you and I, about what do you do if you're Miami, and you've got a guy that plays for you day in and day out, every day in practice. He's a junior. He's go, he had an all-ACC camp. Well, they didn't have any good players, but, but he had an all-ACC campaign or something like that, and you never gave him any money because he signed before NIL became rampant. And uh, he's on scholarship, yes. And uh, I'm sure you've, you've greased the palm under the table a little bit to help out, make ends meet, got a little walking around money. But we're talking about $50,000, $100,000, $200,000, $700,000, $400,000. That guy watches a kid come in. He's a five-star. He's never played college football. And he's got a guy over there with the collective beating, you know, beating down his door and giving him $2 million. Well, hey, man, if that kid's worth $2 million, I'm worth more. I've started college football games, and I was productive. You're gonna, That's a nightmare. That is a nightmare. And while Miami's is going to be a nightmare that you can't escape for some time, we're going to have that conversation because as you're talking about and describing the type of kid that's coming here on junior day, yeah, here comes a wave of them, not two or three dudes. Correct. Like 10 of them. How does that work? It's going to be tough. Well, sustainability is an aspect, and I went. I had a long, you know, segment on this last week about collectives, what we're learning, what's important, how collectives are built. But sustainability was a big part of uh, what we spoke about, like how sustainable are these efforts. If you're not organized, we could do the not organized clip, but if you're not organized and you don't have a philosophy and you don't have a way of doing business that is egoless and and it has structure, you don't have all of these things, then you're constantly going to see guys resetting the market and doing things that end up shooting them in the foot. It gets them the kid in the interim, but it shoots them in the foot the, over the long haul. You, you have to have a plan in place, but they're learning all just like we all are, just like coaches are, universities are. And it's not going to be without some real bumps in the road and, and problems along the way. You're gonna, you know, roster retention turned out to be a big deal for Florida State. They put an emphasis on it. 
because they've got a good group of kids who've gone uh, to war for them. And, 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 you know, they've built up a success with each other. They own the locker room. You know, obviously they, this is their team, right? Coaches love it when teams, when the kids take over the, the locker room. Uh, and they want to play together. And they've had unfinished business. They haven't won the – hell, they haven't won the division, let alone the ACC. So they still have unfinished business, and a lot of those guys chose to come back. But you're right. From here, and we're not hoping to turn in the rear view and take a step back and have to do this all over again. You want to sustain success. You want to continue to be upwardly mobile. Yes, it's going to be more problematic. We, we, there's, by definition, you just know you're going to lose kids when the money is the way that it is now. And the other thing is, just in general, for the entirety of the country in the NIL game, you can't have inducement, right? These are the rules that nobody follows. But you can't have inducement, you can't have pay for play. So these aren't like incentive laden contracts necessarily, where, hey, for every 10 catches, we'll give you yeah, they 20 have grand. Be. I'm sure they are. I'm sure that's for every 10 catches, we'll give you 20 grand is code for you have to be at a petting zoo on Tuesdays. And then you, the kid looks at petting zoo on Tuesdays. Oh, that's 20. That's 20 Remember, grand. take out your Dakota ring. That's 20 grand. Right here, Dad. That's, I'm not actually going to be at a petting zoo, but that's 20 grand. Yeah. Here's the Dakota ring. Petting zoo equals catches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of trips to the petting zoo, which, by the way, is proven to affect positively your physiology. Everybody knows this. Wonderful thing. It's a great experience. Who hasn't loved the petting zoo? I love being there. If you're a receiver, so, you could talk about it in those terms, and we would know you mean you like getting direct deposit. All right. So here it is. Yeah. Game one, Orlando. Deep shot down the middle. Johnny Wilson's wide open. Ball mm. hits off the hands, hits the ground. You're going to stand up and go, go to the petting zoo! <laughs> Not catch the ball. <laughs> because of the code. Well, no, but I don't want him to get more money if he's dropping wide open passes down the middle. And we get paid when we go to the petting zoo. So we're going to have to figure something else out. Maybe that's not the code, Tom. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life 
with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron Show rolling on on a Monday. Good to be with you always. Appreciate you joining us. I don't know if you've been looking out there on the website. Uh, We've been breaking down position groups one by one. My next guest just got done doing one with uh, defensive tackle. What we learned in 2022 and what the future holds. It's a good read. These are a lot more fun in the way of exercises, Tom. I, I used to get depressed when I went home and sat down and let's say we were going to do a roundtable about, uh, hey, Jeff, can you join us for a roundtable tonight on War Chant? We're going to talk about uh, Florida State receivers or Florida State whatever, offensive line, for example. I would feel the weight of that. I'd sit down, and not the pressure to make it entertaining or interesting, but the desperation one feels when there are no answers. It's a terrible, ter- to be in limbo is awful. To not know, to have no real something to look forward to is heartbreaking. But then when you break down aptitude and skill and production, it's a little bit easier. Changes it. Like, I can't wait to get home and talk about it. Like, if I get invited now, I go, oh, or if Ira posts an article like this, FSU defensive tackle breakdown, I go, oh, well, yes. Don't mind if I do. Let's click on it. Hello, Ira. How the hell are you, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, man? Better, because we have conversations like this. <laughs> it's great. Isn't it fun? It's fun for you to do one of these, right? Well, yeah, and this was a good exercise for me because, you know, we look back at last season and, you know, obviously the, the, the interior of the defensive line was so supposed to be a strength in 2022. We all thought it would be. Uh, you have Baby and Lovett, Robert Cooper coming back, and you had some guys that had played in 2021 and you thought uh, maybe they could, you know, take a step forward. And then you get into the season and you see Wake Forest and Louisville running it up the gut, and it hurts your heart a little bit. It does. And <laughs> but when <laughs> but when you look back at it, you realize, okay, well, Baby and Lovett got knocked out in the season opener and or the second game of the season, and he was out for a long time. And then Robert Cooper, you know, look at Robert Cooper's numbers. We we always thought. We assumed he was injured for all season. But when you look at the numbers at the end of the year, it's just stark. You know, he finished the year with 19 tackles. That was his fourth year as a starter. A year before, he had 40 tackles. Mm-hmm. And he had 19 tackles. So, obviously, he wasn't healthy. Fabian Lovett wasn't available for half the season. And then those two guys right behind them that you thought might take a, a jump, Jared Jackson and Malcolm Ray, really didn't do that. So, you know, on the one hand, you say, okay, we were really wrong about our evaluation about that position going into last year, but also it was kind of the worst-case scenario where, where everything kind of went wrong for that group. Yeah, I believe a healthy Fabian Lovett and a healthy Robert Cooper, Cooper excuse me, would have wreaked havoc, um, right. at least in the mo- in the times they were on the field together. I, I think they would have, but neither. We, saw it. we yeah. saw it in the LSU game. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then neither were healthy the rest of the year. I mean, that's the bottom line. They weren't. And, and you know what? To to varying extent, uh, Malcolm Ray wasn't healthy. He was playing hurt for much of the year too, and I don't. I think that certainly directly impacted his ability to take a step forward. Uh, luckily, and, and I do. I know you know this in the article. Uh, you do have guys that you feel good about, like Joshua Farmer's really coming on. That's a reason to be excited. I like Daniel Lyons an awful lot. I, I think he's going to be good. And we've gone through this and, and and talked about what's potentially coming down. The pike here, well, you add Daryl Jackson, who you know can play. You've seen him. He can play at a high level. 
Braden Fisk coming in is a big deal. He's a big, huge body um, and was one of the better transfers in the in the, in the portal. Uh, so, again, and Tafasi's a kid I really like. I've already seen him. I like him a lot. I think he's going to emerge as a good football player. So they, there's real hope here that that can be a much more impactful group next season. Without question. And, and, and you know, the thing is, if, if you – Obviously, if you have a calamity of injuries like they did last year, then it could be you know it could not it could turn out completely different than we expect. But you go into a year where you feel really good about your top five defensive tackles, and I feel good about that, those top five defensive tackles. Well, now you're in really good shape, and and then you've got in some guys as you mentioned. You know, Daniel Lyons wouldn't even be in that group, but I think he's got a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, even Bishop Thomas and. Uh, Tafasi and Antavius Woody, who came in as an offensive lineman, moving to defensive tackle, uh, and they signed a freshman as well. So yeah, there's just a Odell Higgins has a really good group to work with, and I, you know, and again, you know, a lot of times we evaluate coaches based on how their positions produce. Uh, I think Odell Higgins is going to look a lot better in 2023 as, as a position coach than he might have at times in 2022. Yeah, when I think about what they have, when you go back and, and look again, I brought Jackson up for a reason. When you watch Miami, they they're not any good, but he was. Uh, and you're talking about six foot five, three hundred and fifteen pounds. They they've got some horses in the middle now that I think are going to be very very interesting. They're all on the defensive line. Um, Florida State's bigger and deeper, so those guys when they're in can go balls to the wall, come out, and they'll be you know the rotation sees the floor raised quite a bit. So that next group that comes in will be even just as effective or close to it because they can go all out and know that they can get a breather. So you're going to see all these guys, I think, having to play fewer reps but with a higher level of intensity on each of those reps. Yeah, I agree. And also, don't you think it's going to give us a better, a more true evaluation maybe of what we've seen the linebacker? Um, because it's easy for you know us to say, okay, well, those linebackers got washed out on that play or, or they were not a very effective in that game. But it's it's a hell of a challenge when you're playing inside linebacker and you don't have much happening uh, at defensive tackle. Sure. So now I think you know you see Kalen Deloach is a guy who needs so he needs to be able to run free, and if you've got very good defensive tackles, now all of a sudden Kalen Deloach looks like a much better player. Tatum Bethune I like it a lot as a linebacker, but I thought there were times last season where he ended up guessing because he just he couldn't figure out where to be because he couldn't the the offensive line was just on him. And so now I think you're going to see those guys have a better opportunity to make plays. And if they upgrade that position, you know, through the portal, there's still a possibility they may do that. Um, but I think it, it, it helps the, those guys immensely. And we thought, again, going back to last season, what we thought going into this year, and this was kind of this whole exercise position by position is, okay, what did we think coming into the year? What did we actually see? And now what's going to happen in the future? I thought they were going to be really strong up the middle because they had improved at linebacker and because of what they had as those starting defensive tackles. But not having those guys healthy up front really changed everything and really changed the complexion of the whole defense. Well, and it's a reason to be excited. We talk often about how excited everybody is because of the steps forward the program has taken, but I think it's realistic now to expect that the linebackers will play better because they're not covered. They're not covered up. Uh, they have opportunities because the defensive line in front of them is covering up the offensive line and, and, and to really run. And I also think that we're seeing an upgrade and some talent there, better depth, uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly some of the freshmen can play or or even redshirt guys, how quickly they can play. I want to segue very briefly, Ira, because I only have you for a couple more minutes. Um, I was very impressed for the first time this season 
with Florida State's basketball game against Pitt because on paper that was not a good matchup. First of all, Florida State was two and nine in road games all time against Pitt. Not good. Uh, this year's Pitt team goes like eight to ten deep. They could really shoot the three. Um, and you know, you're thinking, okay, well, this isn't going to go well. And the next thing you know, it's fifteen to five Pitt with fourteen minutes to play in the first half. And I'm ready to change the channel and not watch anymore because I've seen this team play all season and it's disgusting. But Darren Green Jr. lights it up. Slowly, we start to see the others, you know, assert themselves. And all of a sudden, Florida State is looking more cohesive. Uh, they looked comfortable together. You know, they started to find a way with Baba as well. I, I don't know. They played better defense. Ira. Are we about to see a fun team? It's starting to look that way, man. And, you know, here's the thing. There's two things I think are interesting here. One is that's the second game in a row where when it looked like things could completely fall apart, they righted themselves. Yep. You know, they got off to in, in that game. I thought they sh- they shook Pitt when they made their run in the first half. As you said, Pitt's up fifteen to five. They're thinking the same thing you're thinking. They think Florida State's players are trying to turn the channel, mm-hmm. and stop paying attention to this game. And all of a sudden, Darren Green starts hitting threes. They get confidence. They get back in it. They take the lead. And I and then but Pitt comes back after halftime, which we all expected. But then Florida State re- was resilient in yes. that moment on the road when Pitt made their charge. Florida State didn't give up. In fact, they took back control of the game. That is impressive. That's really impressive. And that's the second time they did that. Notre Dame had a huge lead. Notre Dame came charging back. And Jalen Worley went up to the line and hit four straight free throws. This is a guy you wouldn't have trusted to hit one straight free throw Correct. Uh, a year ago. So, you know, that those two things are really impressive. The other thing is, and Leonard Hamilton made this comment today that I totally kind of forgotten about, you know, because we were talking about rivalries and, and the Miami game and the Florida, because they play Miami tomorrow night. And they play Florida earlier this year. And the Bohica, baby. They were, but the Florida game, they were up 17 and a half time in that game. Yes, they so, were. Now they blew it quickly. <laughs> that lead was gone in about 10 seconds. But just the idea that this team has enough ability to be up 17 against Florida. They were up 20 something against Notre Dame. They controlled the game at Pitt. I mean, there, there's some talent there. And now you get Baba Miller back in the mix. So, now you're starting to see some composure to go with the talent. And, yeah, man, I don't think they're not going to be a pushover anymore of these games. And, and and like you said, tomorrow night's a huge opportunity because they're going for 10 in a row mm. against the Canes. But uh, that's a really good Miami team, too. So it, Hamilton, Coach Hamilton said it's the biggest challenge they've had all year. Miami's really, really good. It's just the second time in, in their 20 games, Ira, FSU has held an advantage in bench points. 17 to 4. They were plus 12 off the bench versus Louisville earlier this year, and Louisville's terrible. So we know that. This is just the second time that's happened. They're start, the, the, the depth, the health, the cohesiveness, we're starting to see it. They're, they're getting tougher mentally, too. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. They could go out and get blown out tomorrow night. I don't know. But I, I do think they're playing better, and they may be very interesting down the stretch, and that they can play the role of spoiler, and that's always fun. Appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chef. See you, man. Yep. Take care. Irashfell. I didn't get that in there at the beginning, but that's him right there. And uh, he and I are scheduled to talk afterwards about some other cool Florida State stuff. And there'll be a video that makes its way up on warchant.com. You guys can look for that. It's a joyous conversation. Not one I expected to be having about expectations, realistic expectations, and projections, and all that. And you know, this week, Tom, I think we find out the schedule, right? Uh, time Monday of next week. So we are one week away. One week away, and that will be the day. So you can put it on your calendars, everybody. What? Are you going to a, yeah. the two letters? Yeah. Why can't we? Because they're going to do it as a primetime show Monday night. Bastards.
So February 1st is our first show with a shot at it. Wednesday will be the <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, so one week from this Wednesday, W's and L's, everybody. Oh, buddy. Put it in pen. One, one week from this Wednesday, <laughs> we got W's and L's. Well, prime time. Good God. Well, taking a page out of the NFL's playbook right there, which is to you know, make everything an event. It's actually smart, but the thing that I don't is. that I don't like about it is that it's so far after the season. Like, for example, the other Power Five, the big two conferences, you kind of know the schedule before, like a year in advance. It's like MLB. MLB schedules out before the playoffs are done. It's crazy. It's hard to do, too, by the way. They have a formula I read into that. I was like, oh, this, this is nuts. But anyway. Well, Aren't they going in Major League Baseball to everybody plays? Yeah, balance. Yeah, yeah. balance. That's going to be great. I think that's this year. I hope so. That's yeah. going to be fantastic. It is. You start scheduling. You're like, oh, look, we play the Mariners. You're going to play everybody. You get to play everybody. Oh, that's right. And if you could drive, if you live here in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. either four hours up, four hours down, you could see your team if, you're, if they're not the Braves or the Rays. They're also working hard to fix that. Did you know that? Baseball's good. They understand the impetus is on them. People in, in Tallahassee some, oftentimes can't even watch the Marlins. Oh, I know. Like, it. what are we doing? You got no chance to go to that Marlins game if you live in Tallahassee. Yeah. Lord knows you're not going to get a flight out of Tallahassee for a reasonable price. So, pro tip for that, I've actually gotten around that a couple of times and not illegally. Oh, I was hoping it was illegal. Straight up. I, like I know. Sharing I know. illegal I know. activity. I know. So, I was blacked out of a game I shouldn't have been. It was a Mets Cardinals game. And it said MLB TV, you're in a blacked out area. You're in Tallahassee, Florida. How's that possible? Wasn't on MLB Network, wasn't on ESPN, right. so there's no national television no, protection. Nothing. Yeah. So if you've got an MLB TV account, so you got to fork over money first. I have an store. MLB TV account. You direct message MLB TV support. You say, hey. On Twitter. This is nonsense. They'll fix it within 10 minutes. All they need you to do is prove that you are where you say you are, and there's a way that you can do that. And then they lift the thing. They lift the ban. So it should apply to Marlins games as well. Well, good. They need to lift all the bands. They should. What are we doing? Stop all this. I'm paying extra. Yeah. I bought the package. I want to watch the game. Simple as that. Let's go. Air the local commercials if you need to, if that's yeah, the concern. Yeah, if that's your problem, let's go. Let's get it on. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply gets me thinking about baseball gets me thinking about probables their way back to the show in the not too distant future. Good stuff. Hey, uh, I just heard the the ad there for uh, legendary home loans and my friend Shannon Young. Shannon's a running Jesse. You know that? That guy's in shape. He's running days on end. Thinking about the Knowles, no doubt. 
just running and thinking about the good things that are happening to the Knowles or how to get you the best home loan possible. Just saying. I'm really impressed with his running aptitude. He's a running fool. When you did have a routine for running, and I know you do at Orange Theory. I do it at Orange Theory, days, yeah. But, you know, just outdoor, on my own time kind of running. Did you find it was easier to run in a happy mood or an angry mood? Because I could see either one having its pluses for motivating and sustaining the run. My problem, and this has always been my problem with running, and last week at Orange Theory, I actually was able to do it very briefly, but I cannot stay in this space, and I want to. If you, and I, I should talk to Jamie about this, uh, the ability to think about things in your life that you want to accomplish or things that you need to organize, it could even be bills you have to pay, vacations you're planning people you need to call, things you need to do for work. It could be any number of things that are on your mind routinely throughout the course of a day, a week, a month. If I could run great distances, a mile, two miles, 10 miles, while having a prolonged and productive vetting of those things in my brain, I'd run more. Because my brain, the default setting in my brain is, this sucks. My brain goes, this is stupid. We don't have to do this. You shouldn't be doing this. Why don't we go home? That's what my brain does. Now, when I'm running to hit somebody or running to catch a ball or running to score a basket, or running to whatever, and there's purpose behind the sprint, as in I get to hit, I get to catch, I get to score, then I don't think about how much it sucks to run. But when I'm running, and it's just running to be in shape, my brain goes, this is dumb. There's other ways to get in shape. We should stop all this running. That's one of the reasons I do like Orange Theory Fitness is that you can watch, obviously, the different you know, you, you have a heart rate monitor showing you exactly what stage or phase you're in, and you know what you're accomplishing. You're seeing it happen as it happens, as opposed to staring at a stop sign 700 yards down the road going, if I could just get to that stop sign, we'll, you know, and that's all I can do when I'm running. I'm looking at trees, stop signs, curbs, just trying to think of ways to motivate myself to go extra. But I never get to fall back into the, you know, we should go to, Philadelphia next year. The kids have not seen the Liberty Bell. That would be great. You know, I can't do it. I did the other day at Orange Theory. I actually did fall into that, but it's so rare. What's the location this year? It was Big Sky. Last year was uh, last year was uh, Whitefish, Montana. Oh, Whitefish. We, we went skiing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a couple. I got a couple in mind, but I, I don't. Bryce sometimes tunes into the show, and I don't want to okay. know. So we're gonna. I'll let right. you know when it happens. Prize picks over the weekend. So Monticello. Enjoy, Bryce. Yeah. Quincy, son. Uh, prize picks over the weekend. I want you to know. Uh, Bryce and I are now, I'm teaching my son to gamble. And uh, it's on the NBA, buddy. Over three-pointers made for Kyle Lowry yesterday. The number was a, a one and a half. I went over. He had three, three threes. And uh, Zubak for the Clippers, uh, you can do something called points, rebounds, Blocks, points, mm-hmm. rebounds, assists. Combined categories. Yes, points, rebounds, assists is what we did for Zubak at 21 and a half. 
He got out the gates hot and then ultimately let us down. However, over the weekend, I did win the four-pick entry free. Four-pick free entry. I had Pacheco ATN at over 120 uh, yards rushing combined. Wow. They went for a buck 57. Nice. So I had that. I also had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You like this? Under 250 yards passing. I got that right. He didn't play poorly, but I had, you know, I had that. And I had uh, under Josh Allen passing yards, and I got that right as well. So worked out well for me, buddy. Okay. That's a nice little combo. They've also got a free square for you at Prize Picks since we're doing the wheel of uh, sponsors here. Mm-hmm. They've got a free square, Joe Burrow over one half passing yards. Yeah, so you take that you and you your, marry it with something else. Yep. Get your championship Sunday on. Mm-hmm. Or you could, you know, maybe pick uh, the Genesis to go along with it. You know that's where is I'm that, going. That's this week, the Genesis? I think it is. I got to double check. I saw that I there think was go out to LA, yeah. yeah. Some of man John Rom went again. Ah, so there was a stat Beast. on Rom. Beast. I got to pull this up. It's about birdies and eagles. Mm. And it was before he teed off yesterday, just to speak to how ridiculous he's been. Before yesterday's round, and mm-hmm. he didn't play poorly yesterday. No. In his previous 122 holes of golf, he had 56 birdies or eagles against 66 pars or bogeys. Nearly half the time he was playing golf, he was going under par on the hole. Hashtag on the hole. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Um, And I've also grown to just admire uh, his, who he is. Like, learning more about him. Like, that's the guy. Continue to market him. You've got plenty of people to market right now. You do have the best players in the world still, more of them, uh, on the PGA Tour. You've got it. You no longer the the th- the threat is not imminent anymore. You you're in a good situation, and you know I think you'll see this be a fun year. But he's gonna he's gonna have a ridiculous year. He's already having a ridiculous year. He just keeps winning. I'll just be interested to see the desperation level from the guys on the other tour, the live tour in the majors, because they that's their only chance. You know, not for world golf ranking points because they're not going to play enough to do that. They're mm-hmm. not going to get you know granted you know legitimacy for that. I, I can't imagine they would. But for more exemptions and chances to play in the big tournaments, these guys are going to feel all the more pressure because they can't get free exemptions for doing other stuff. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Good subplot. I hope every one of those players suck in the uh, in the majors. And are booed. Over and over and over again. It would be great. But that said, um, you're right. That is another intriguing aspect of this year. You know, by the way, the Netflix series starts. And I would point this out. People ask us all the time. Uh, what we're watching, and this is sports-related. So you have the upcoming Netflix series on the PGA Tour, which is going to be fascinating because it was documented all during this live stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then secondarily, I'm watching one now on uh, tennis. It's so good. You'd like it. It's worth your time. Call Breakpoint. You go through a season. The 2022 campaign starts at the Australian. Everybody but Novak. He's in it. Okay. But, yeah. but it, That's it what sh- it feels like. It, the sport is him, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, well, there's th- th- this is documenting both the men and women's tour, and it's also documenting uh, some of the up-and-coming players who have not broken through yet, and some of them had opportunities this past year. So it's really cool when you get into the heartbreak of coming up short. But also, I watched I watched the first one yesterday, and I have to tell you that seeing those guys walk out onto the court knowing the backstory of the pressure they feel in the moment 
you, it is it, it's a it makes for perfect drama setup. I mean, it's it's just all the world's a stage. You really are. It's perfect. Good work out of you, sir. Is that music? Do I hear music? It is. It's time. It's down low, man. You gotta turn it up louder. Well, it was it was only hint music. Now it's starting to build into okay. suggesting music. I just didn't want to say goodbye too soon, everybody. You can say job. hi to me at seven o'clock tonight for the smash. That's right. That's coming up tonight. Ira and I. Lots to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. I'll tune it on while I'm playing Tiger Woods golf. Peace, everybody. Be good.